Welcome to In the Green Room. I'm Kinga. And this is Martin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And we have uh, guests, uh, our regular guest, Richard Betts, in today. And Richard, uh, please introduce uh, your Ryan. friend. Ryan. Ryan Ansel. Uh, you know, wine expert is it extraordinaire. Ansel. Ansel. <laughs> Ryan Ansel. Wine Ansel. expert extraordinaire. Uh, wine director at Anello. Wine nerd. Fine dining wine nerd. restaurant. Wine in nerd. Downtown Phoenix. Yeah, Cheers. And, uh, Cheers. Cheers. We've already started before the uh, the camera started rolling, <laughs> and this is delicious. This is like, we so were talking good. a little earlier. This is something very different than what I'm used to drinking. What are we drinking? So this is an orange wine. No, it's thank you. Tip your waiter. So we just came back from Burgundy, and we were assessing the 2021-22 vintage in Burgundy. And what were you doing in Burgundy? Uh, drinking lots and lots of wine, trying to identify alone or who were you with? Uh, don't tell my wife. I was with. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was a, a group of us focused on identifying really the best wines at all price points. Mm -hmm. uh, this bottle is one, which is why I brought it. But cool. they do a tremendous job in, in Northern Burgundy. It's exceptional. What is this price point of this, and how would you uh, describe this wine and tell us the name of it too? Wow, right on the hot seat. Okay. Yes. So it is a Pinot. So in Burgundy, there's three grapes, but mainly two grapes. It's either the red grape Pinot or the white grape Chardonnay, for the most part. There's north and south Burgundy, Cote Nuit, which is mainly for the reds. And then there's Cote de Bone, which is mainly for the whites. Mm -hmm. So this is Cote Nuit up north, and this is even more on the northern Cote side. Cote Nuit? Or some people call it Dees Nuts, but... Dees Nuts, <laughs> yes. N-U-I-T. <laughs> <laughs> and you I T S. Okay, and bonus okay. in general more for the whites. Mm -hmm. So this is a red. Uh, you can a get Pinot. Exactly. A Pinot. 100%. Can we see the bottle? Yes. And what you'd find or names you might rec recognize would be DRC, which is a really famous version of a Cote Nui red, red Pinot. Oh, no. And this is more of Picture. a lesser known, super high quality QPR in, in the wine business, quality price ratio. Mm -hmm. And that's what this delivers. And they really focus on two uh, main areas within Cote Nui. And this one is mm. from uh, St. You don't say St. Dennis, which is what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, you drop the last letter most of the time. So it would be Denis is how you would say it. St. Denis. And then this is a premier crew. So there's four levels in Burgundy. You have a, a Bourgogne, which is really over different areas within Burgundy itself. And then you have the next level up of that, which is a village or village wine, which would be a specific area within Cote Nui or Cote mm -hmm. And then you have a premier crew, which is a specific vineyard that's been designated as having a really finite climate or climate is what that kind of looks like or terroir. Mm -hmm. And then from there, you'd have a grand crew. And these were all pre-designated years and years ago by monks. Well, this is the third level up and it's a premier crew. So what would the price point be? And how would you, like, we're drinking this, give us the give us the words like chocolate, yeah. berries, the tasting vanilla. Well, I think it's time to put you all in the hot seat. So DRC from an area similar to this and, and some others, those wines range from about $3,000 to about $15,000 on release. This is a newly released wine. It's a 2020 vintage. How much does this cost? What's your thought? A thousand. Come on, name I'll that say price. 500. Probably uh, 100. 
100. So this is a $100 wine. Okay. That any anybody else making the <coughs> wine from this region would probably be about $500. You yeah. would have been spot on. The quality is comparable to a about $350 to a $400 wine from the same area. It's exceptional. They do a tremendous job. They are barely in the United States. They're certainly not in Arizona, very, very little. And so these are the types of wines that are at the restaurant in downtown Phoenix, as well as uh, what we're doing for athletes around the world, which is identifying the best expressions from any grape varietal from anywhere in the world at the right vintages at the right time. And this is an example of one. Exceptional. I love it. So how would you describe it? So uh, there's a couple different versions of, of Pinot in, uh, in Cote Nui. You're going to get either the redder fruit and orange peel and very acidic uh, versions that with age become more delicate and flavors expand. Or you're going to get some more of the darker fruit, which is what this is, a little bit more fruit forward, a little bit sweeter in profile. You can drink them earlier on release. Some of that has to do with winemaking. Some of that has to do with uh, the terroir, and some of it has to do with when you're picking the grape. So mm -hmm. a little bit confusing. This is more of a darker profile. So you're going to get more of the blackberry cassis flavors on here. You're going to get some of the red fruits, the currants, red and black, dark red cherries. You're going to get some of the other components, which would be mineral, sweet earth. You get all of that into one glass, which is pretty compelling to drink with or without food. Mm -hmm. Do you find this dry? All the wines that we're going to recommend besides dessert wines are all going to be dry. So okay. what people don't understand is you have anywhere between one and a half grams of sugar in the entire bottle, three grams, things like that. So very low sugar content, very low calories. And it is something you can drink in general that doesn't have residual sugar. Which is So how would you define dry? So these wines are all dry until you get into something where some of the manufactured wines, I'll leave names out so mm -hmm. I don't get people angry. They yeah. have residual sugar in them to make them more appealable, to Especially cut through the some American of the acidity. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, the American market, like a barefoot wine, that's just typically known as a sweeter wine. They, they barefoot, I've never heard of that. Fortified. I, Is that I sold at Circle K? Yeah. Gosh, I would never drink a wine like that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, it's different strokes for different folks. I mean, mm -hmm. some people like that, but that seems to be that sweeter more sugary thing seems like to be a to me that's not wine here's the thing, I, I don't think that's wine taste, so how do you define the point, a wine can taste mm -hmm. totally dry to your palate mm -hmm. and still have a gram and a half of sugar for the bottle okay but i thought the dry meant less sugar it Is, does okay it does but so, last night we were eating i'm not telling you where because i don't want to call this guy out i said oh so it's dry so it has less sugar he goes that's not what it means and he corrected me so i'm like okay maybe i don't know what dry means so what does dry mean to yeah you? so Good You're going to look at residual sugar. So if you look at Sauternes, mm -hmm. which is a famous area in Bordeaux, south, mm -hmm. of, south of Bordeaux, there's a, a Grand Cru uh, by the name of Yakem. And Yakem is actually mm -hmm. a higher level than first growths that some people may have been more aware of, a Mouton or Lafitte, et cetera. Those are first growths. Grand Cru is actually above that. And so those wines do have residual sugar. Uh, this year, when we're at Pichon Baron, Sudor, which is a, a Sauternes, they have 190 grams of sugar in their 22 yeah. release. Wow. So this oh. is late harvest wines with residual sugar. That means as fermentation is done, there's still a bunch of sugar left. Right. Yeah, all mm -hmm. the yeast is, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. at this it's point, been... is gone. The sugar still remains, so there's no more alcohol fermentation. It's still at a reasonable 12 to, in general, 14% alcohol level, but the sugar is left, and it has to do so with So is it almost like a poured thing? No. Well, port is fortified, so a port does have sugar in it, 
but that has brandy or a, an alcohol in it as well. These are just the same level, 13% as, you know, give or take, as the wine, but there's a lot of sugar. And the reason that these Grand Cru's and these Premier Cru's and Sauternes are so highly valued is because there's an acid component that makes it yeah. you're not drinking dessert. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, there's an acidity okay. that refreshes yes. the palate. You can have it with food. Yeah. It's really great with foie gras. That's that. This yeah. wine has literally no, it has a sweetness to mm -hmm. on the attack when you mm -hmm. first taste it, but it's totally dry, has all the flavor profiles. And as it opens up, you're getting a little bit more of the leather, a little chocolate. So you're getting this really expansive profile. We're drinking it way too early, but I wanted you to see what a recent release of a yeah. phenomenal wine at Incredible. an insane price point can get you. Insane. So this is a 2020, Amazing. which yes. means it's been in the barrel for three years. And then they, they just uh, bottled it probably last late last year. Usually it's going to be about two years between time they pick it, throw it in a tank, barrel, depending on what they do, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's new oak or, or not, it depends. And this is a premier crew, so there's probably a percentage, 20 to 50% new oak in it, and the rest is older, older mm -hmm. barrels. And so it's going to be in a tank. They're going to ferment it either in the barrel or the tank. And then after that, either it's done from barrel fermenting, they'll put it back in a tank, blend all the different barrels from this specific site together, those that don't make the cut, they can declassify it, make it a village or a village wine, right. or they can sell it or they can do whatever they want. And then they take the best barrels from the site and that's their best expression from the specific site in this, uh, mm -hmm. in this area. So about 18 months, give or take total from start to finish. Right. And then many will hold it in the bottle to let it settle down for it to actually be a, a version of this for about six months or so, and then they start shipping it uh, worldwide. It takes about three months to get from France to the United States on uh, did, did Any of the wineries you visit, Ryan, uh, use uh, concrete eggs for uh, after 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 bottle or barrel aging, resting in concrete egg? Yeah, so what they're trying to do is yeah. definitely in vintages where it's a warmer vintage, like 2020 and some mm -hmm. 19s. Uh, Boyer comes to mind, which is a Marceau property. And Boyer, Martineau. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Mm -hmm. They do a phenomenal job with their whites. And what they're exper experimenting with is how do we retain the freshness and add more of that acidity without adding a, acid or sugars or all these different things to play with the wine. And so you see that the concrete vessels are coming back. A lot of that's been done in Rhone and in other areas, but yeah. it's really creating this great freshness that you don't yeah. get. And it stops imparting the, the wood profile of the barrels yeah. into the wine. So usually it's in barrel for about a year, eight months to 16 months. They take it out, they get the exact expression they want, and then they put it into a concrete vessel instead of a stainless steel tank, or instead of leaving it to get more tannins and become more austere in a, in a barrel. Mm -hmm. The last time I drank the Boyer Martineau, Bur I, it's white burgundy. It is. Yeah. Uh, at the sanctuary at Elements, yeah. uh, Laura Bruno yeah. uh, suggested it. She's my favorite psalm in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Very young, like 25, 24. And uh, she said it was exceptional. Um, I think that is such a great wine. How does that compare to some of the other wines? Yeah. Boyer or Boyer. Yeah. They're, so as I mentioned, in Bone, there's mm -hmm. three main. There's more. But there's three main areas. There's two Matrachets. And then there's a Marcel. He's from Marceau's. Yeah. Uh, family's been doing it for forever, for a very He's long time. fourth generation, yeah. He was actually at the restaurant right before we left for Burgundy. He flew out, and we he did a, a entire I got to meet too. I have yeah. pictures of him. I'll post them. Yeah, yeah, it was a great horizontal dinner <laughs> of yeah. both uh, his full flight of whites uh, mm -hmm. from Burgundy and also uh, the Pinot and 
uh, the Chardonnay from California. That's right. He he has a um, right. passion project from yeah, California. Can you talk about that? Family Richard? winery, mm-hmm. uh, which is a single vineyard, uh, Lacol vineyard, uh, 100 cases each of a, a single vineyard uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Made in Santa Lucia, Santa Lucia Santa Highlands, Lucia. which is uh, very well known for Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And when he was in California as as a young man, uh, he decided, "Wow, it would be great someday to make a California Chardonnay and Pinot Noir in the Burgundian style." We've had the, his U.S. partner Gabriel on the show. Gabriel here. Justice. Gabriel, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but those wines taste very different from from wines made from the same vineyard because they're picked earlier. They're only 13% alcohol. He makes them exactly the same way he does in Merceau. That's the difference. Hmm. So yeah. I call it, again, my favorite. The hey, how about a case of it? Of, Do you remember that? Yeah, how about a The perfect marriage of California and Burgundy. But seriously, you get a guy who's fourth generation from Burgundy, you know, working with the same grace, but in a different area, mm-hmm. different terroir, but still using... This, you know, the winemaking style mm-hmm. of Burgundy, the result can be, you know, quite, quite lovely. Yeah, it, it was a fantastic, and Anelo Chef Ivan did this tremendous pairing all the way through with the Marceau, yeah. all the different can, wines. Can we tell uh, the world about your restaurant? Yeah. The so, restaurant? Yeah. I, I, uh, it's not really my restaurant. I just do the wine program. That well, you're part of it then. We, uh. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal chef. He's really innovative. What's his name? His name is uh, I, Chef Ivan. Is what mm-hmm. he goes by. But nobody, he doesn't like when people call him chef. So we all do, even yeah. though he doesn't like it. <laughs> Hi, chef. No, he's very chef Ivan. Yeah, very humble. What's yeah. Ivan's last name? Uh, it's Jacobo or Acobo or how do we spell Jac- that? J A C O B O. Okay. Um, highly talented. He came over uh, when he was five years old to the United States. Uh, his parents worked tirelessly to give uh, his uh, their kids an education and give them an opportunity. It's truly the American dream, and, and they've all done extremely well. And he started a restaurant. He was doing uh, pop-up dinners mm-hmm. for people all yeah. over the valley. He had a food truck, which became highly successful. And then he opened up his first restaurant, and uh, he's done tremendous things. I met him uh, about a year and a half ago before mm-hmm. he opened the current restaurant. Uh, I needed a chef. Uh, a winery was flying in from Napa. My chef was on TV in Tuscany, and I had nine days to find somebody. Who's that? Um, his name is Gabriel. I know him. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's got a new TV show now, yeah, too. Yeah. He's, he's great. And uh, so I didn't know what to do. I'm not from here. I'm from New York. And so uh, I asked uh, somebody, a trusted source, uh, the, the head Psalm at Cafe Monarch, uh, was Psalm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, one of the best chefs you've ever met is opening up a restaurant in downtown Phoenix. It's not open yet. Maybe it can help you. And in nine days, Ivan put together an incredible pairing with this Napa winery. And I said, hey, you just did me a favor. Let me help you with the with the wine program. And he, he refused. And I saw his <laughs> wine menu. And it's like every other restaurant in the world, in, at least cutter. in the United States. Vintages weren't great. It's overpriced by, you know, a 400% markup. And I said, why don't you do something that mirrors how great your food is and the experience? Um, and then we came back after going to French Laundry. We flew back in. French Laundry? Oh, my gosh. That's an amazing restaurant. I've been there. I love it. They mm. do They do a great job. And so we came back, and his food was, was on par. And the wine list was like every other wine list. And uh, eventually he said, he said yes. I said, but here are the four conditions. One, we're going to close the restaurant. We're going to have chateaus fly in from all over the world. And we're going to do private dinners. 
And number Smart. two is we're only gonna buy vintages that are great to excellent. And no matter if a distributor or an allocation says you can't have it if you don't buy it, then we don't buy it. Three is we're gonna price the wine at half the price of all Michelin star restaurants. So it's Love that. wine is only priced between zero and 200% of retail. And then lastly hmm. is we're gonna do some BMF wines by the glass. If you saw Pulp Fiction, you'll get the BMF reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Um, it's a big, big, bold flavored wine. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, the, the initials on the wallet with uh, Samuel Jackson. So, net dead is oh, we do okay, I know what it is. I know by the is. glass. We do. I got it. I got it. Boyer by the glass. We do um, uh -huh. some wines. Dujac, we've done by the glass. Petrus, we've done a tasting. And so, we do all these different opportunities for people to drink incredible wine. I've wines. had the uh, Boyer's by the glass at yeah. your dinner. Yeah. So what inspired you to do it so differently than everybody else? Because like, he's obviously he's this amazing chef. He's been dealing mm -hmm. with wine and food mm -hmm. forever. He's amazing in, in, wine, or in food. And then he's got a wine menu that's the same as everybody else. Why? why what inspired yeah. you to be different? Yeah, I think good it's question. a good question. I That's a great question. In general, mm -hmm. I've always been a fan of the TV show Cheers. Mm -hmm. And I want to walk Me into too. a restaurant. Cheers! Yeah. Yeah. Cheers! 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 That's pretty fair. Yeah. And Love so I want to walk in. I want somebody to appreciate me. I'm from New York, and that's an experience that I think you get from start to finish. The mm -hmm. service, the food, and then whatever Many people you know you. Yeah, or just not me as in Ryan, but a customer that comes down and want to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. Spending a lot of money and spending time. So... We talked through it, and he agreed to take that chance, take that risk, because it's very expensive to build that type of wine cellar. Right. And mm -hmm. he did it, and it's been incredible. I want a place where I can go with my friends or that I can have my friends go down, and we can get any wine on the list is outside of 15 wines that you have to have because it's a restaurant. You can pull. They're going to be great vintages, great expressions, really great values. Mm -hmm. They're also, every wine we get is at Chateau, or at least if it's through the distributor, it's coming through cold chain all the way through. So you always get a great bottle of wine. We don't buy any gray wines at all. So that type of experience is what's being built. It's been open for uh, about a year and a quarter. That's and it, really? That's it. Mm -hmm. And we've already, there's three levels for Wine Spectator. It got Best of Excellence uh, mm -hmm. in its first year, which is one of the only uh, very few to ever do that. And it's because- I've only eaten there twice, and both times were the best experiences I've ever had. Oh, well, Ever. I have nothing to do with it. He's the talent, and I just walk around pretending I know what I'm doing. Oh, no. Yeah, you make the wine experience exceptionally fun. So going and back to what you said, what yes. is a gray wine? That's, so, I was going to ask that. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. your mind. So you if did. you're colorblind, so gray wines, <laughs> when you, uh, people have sellers that they sell. So if somebody passes away or they're no longer yeah, in the yeah, wine right. or a handful of reasons, people will sell wine on an open market or to a broker or to a mm -hmm. restaurant or whatever. That is gray. You don't know where they got the wine from, so the Provence. Is it, you don't is it smart to do that? Uh, to buy it in that way? It can be because maybe you want certain wines and you're unable to get them anymore. Mm -hmm. The beauty of wine is mm -hmm. every vintage is different. The winemaker style is different. The terroir, the climate, everything changes. Mm -hmm. So no wine is exactly the same every year. Is, I, I don't want to be um, the bearer of bad news, but I've bought some vintage wines that are um, you know, really expensive. And then when I've cracked them open, they didn't taste that good. And that... Why is that? Uh, it could be a lot of reasons. It could just be a, maybe a bad vintage. It could mm -hmm. be the storage is what I'm talking about with gray wines. Right. You don't know where they got the wine from. You don't know they put them in their car in Arizona and then drive uh, to their house, put them in a wine it. fridge, <laughs> kept it on their counter, light destroys wine. So even if it was kept 
in a wine fridge, but if it faces the window and there's no UV protection, it destroys wine. Yes. So there's lots of reasons that you don't know. Or so you light, heat. Yeah, so buying gray wine's a bit of a crapshoot. Right. In other words. Okay. Well, now, I've okay. delivered wines yeah. where people have actually taken, taken the yeah. temperature of the case. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's an important... Very, and you pay more. So the Provence is mm-hmm. important. Where'd you get it from? So if it's from the Chateau, who picked it up from France? Are they checking the temperature from the Chateau to mm-hmm. the warehouse? Then it gets on a climate-controlled boat, and there's a you know a truck between there. Then they're checking the temp everywhere. It gets on the boat, and then when it comes to the United States, it's going to land in San Francisco or New Jersey. Are they taking the temp there? And then when they finally you know get to get it on a climate-controlled truck, we get the temperature taken when it arrives. So every single piece of that puzzle is taken care of. The challenge is the wine costs more, or we don't get it. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're having wine delivered to your house and you're not home, it doesn't get delivered to my house. Gets delivered to an offsite okay. seller that uh, both right. can handle crates and or pallets, and mm-hmm. it's all checked in and cold chained from start to finish. It's the only way we buy wine. And if my friend's going to show up at dinner and they're going to spend money on a wine, whether it's fifty dollars or five thousand dollars, that wine better be perfect. Now, some wine you can't help. There are things that go wrong, but you try to eliminate all of those Such things as. from happening. Uh, sometimes wineries will have a bad cork, so the cork will be bad. There's a lot of steps and there's diam and things that uh, improve that or reduce the chances of those things, or, which is be taint from the cork, or you can have different things that happen when you taste the wine and it tastes like cardboard. It can kind of smell funky, which, which is called brett. So you can alleviate as much of that as possible, but it's never a thousand. Well, because I've been with friends that are like, oh, no, 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 we don't need to taste it. And it's like, that's a stupid thing because I... For example, our friend, Sam Pillsbury, he's had cases where he's like, this whole case is not good. And mm-hmm. you do need to taste the wine to make sure. I mean, you don't want to spend 100 so bucks. So are you a hardcore cork person or do you, do yes. you like the, uh, the the screw caps? Because oh. the screw caps kind of change the game when the, when we come to funky wine. I like things. the cork. It definitely helps. Yeah. So Penfolds did that a long time ago. Uh-huh. They were kind of leading the charge mm-hmm. on that. And then Cade, so Plump Jack, all yep. of them, they, they were doing like one cork and one cap. The romantic part of pulling a cork, I love, but mm-hmm. if at the end of the day, a screw cap's gonna give me a better guaranteed wine, great. The challenge though is mm. many wines can be reduced, reductive, which means that the oxygen will actually help them through their life cycle. Mm-hmm. If you put a cap on it, there's no air getting right. in. In a cork, there's slowly air coming in and breathing yeah. with that mm-hmm. wine. So I think time will tell if it all goes through, but. I think there's significant advantages of the wines that are ready to ha- be drank now. I think it's sexy with the cork. Yeah. I, I think it's so unsexy with, with, with the twist off. That's because you don't ever open a cork yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's you true. always have people if do I'm, cork. That's true. If I'm drinking wine, I'm drinking with somebody. I don't, you know that song? George Thurgood, don't I drink, drink alone. alone. No, you I don't, don't drink, drink alone. alone. No. I don't drink alone. No. Yeah. So that's true. Somebody's always opening up my cork. That's true. <laughs> That's why you think it's sexy. Always <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Of course, Martin's the love coach, and he knows way too much. So quit true. Doing more. So true. The love coach. And Martin is also uh, with the band, um, his own band. Junk the Junk band. Junk the band. That's right. He's the lead singer. He writes the songs. I know you just tell me about it. Yeah. Junk yeah. the band. So. I'm excited. When your restaurant wants to have the coolest band in the world, hello, let's, let's go. It. That's right. Let's do, a, let's do a Junk the Band wine dinner. Let's do it. I don't make any decisions. I'll bring all my friends. I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> Here we go. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Let's do it. Let's do it.
Yeah. Well, we could do it at my house. Eric the band want, yeah. At, oh, at there the, we go. Yes, 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 musical, yes, yes, uh, yes. The musical mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a we had a gig out at First Friday downtown. Um, How was on that? Friday, it was so much mm. fun. Sorry, we missed your birthday, Owen. Can we um, have another video, uh, but uh, Owen? We had we had so much fun. It was just uh, I mean I loved the First Friday energy. Start from the downtown. beginning. So oh, you fantastic. played with your band. So um, the gentleman who started uh, David, who started the Phoenix Afrobeat Orchestra, oh, uh-huh. has, he uh-huh. loved it. Amazing group. Yes, they have like fifteen members. They're awesome. from, uh, from the music departments of U of A, yep. ASU, incredible GCC, just incredible musicians. Incredible. And he he has Stellar. a house down in the middle of First Friday. Yeah, and so every First Friday he just invites a you know a handful of musicians to come and play at his house. And cool. he, he, wow, uh, uh, he opened up. Uh, for us, and did a little little song and dance on his mm, on, the, on his guitar, it. and it was which was a lot of fun. And then uh, we we hooked up and played uh, from nine to ten, and had just tons of people stop by. The neighbors all right. came out, oh, and your awesome. wife Sherry was there. Yeah, and she, she she's was, been in, she's a, a month singer. gone, and she was in India for a month. Yep. Yep. So that's and, exciting. Uh, she shows so, up, and wow, the band. Boom! Going. We had a, we had a gig, so that was yeah. a lot of fun. I and, love Sherry. Yeah, we have uh, we have uh, it was six folks, but we have nine total that uh, kind of cycle through. And we're a jam band, so we like uh, we like to take short songs and make them really long. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Do you have your guitar with you? I do. Can we sing about some wine? Let's get it out. Oh, <laughs> sing about wine? Yeah, we're gonna sing about wine. Here we go. And what kind of guitar is this? This is a beautiful Taylor guitar. Okay, here we go. The sound is incredible. You got a couple Taylors, right? I do. Yeah, I have a Taylor. I do. I'm music major. I listen to music. Well, what kind of music do you like? I like them all. All right. Equal opportunity. We're going to sing you. about I'm with the you. wine director at Hannah. Well, we're sitting around this microphone drinking a little bit of wine. And it's so fine. Kinga always steals my rhyming words. <laughs> <laughs> but she's divine. But I don't mind. <laughs> oh, Keep that was singing. better. Everybody sing. Everybody sing. <laughs> That's right. Just jump in. This is all improv. I'm not out of line. <laughs> well, it's your show, so it's really hard for you to be out of line. And it's so fine. Because <laughs> we're saving the planet. That's right, because we're saving the planet one. One at a time. One at, at a time. I like wine. One wine at a time. We're a bunch of winos. And nerds. Ryan. And nerds saving the earth. Ryan's <laughs> such a nerd. From <laughs> Halo. Ryan is wine is I'm a wine that is, that, I know my limits. That is, that is a highly, uh, you know, that's a Factually good accurate. Yeah, that's. So there's wine nerds and there's wine dorks and there must be wine geeks. And we want to go, <laughs> and, and the wine dorks want to go Porca and Halo. <laughs> it didn't rhyme, but I liked it. <laughs> How do we say and Halo? Am I saying it right? Yeah, all of them work. Oh. And Halo and hello. And Halo. To show up. And hello. We're trying to pronounce the name of a restaurant that's pretty darn good. <laughs> it's the finest. It's probably the finest that you're gonna get in the United States. In that hood. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Definitely in that hood. Well, we're winos. And we're nerds. Saving the planet. planet. In the green room. Well, we're winos. In the green room. Saving the planet. Woo! Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
All right, Dominic, how much time do we have left? Twenty minutes. Oh, we yeah, twenty five. Okay, good. We have a lot of time. Okay, good. Great. So, how can I help? What What can I help, audience? You guys? Well, the way you can help is uh, telling uh, the world about how your restaurant because I want to come and. Well, I want to hear more about this. Uh, the cellars. So it's, um, remind me of the name of it. it starts with a C, something cellars. Oh, cultivate? Cultivate cellars. Oh, yeah. it's And so you yeah. had told us earlier that yeah. you started really yes. getting into wine about 2005. Right. And now mm-hmm. you've been inspired to help uh, athletes and other celebrities to um, understand what their palate is because they might be, you know, an amazing football player or baseball player or actor or actress, sure. but they might not have had much experience they in the wine world. The wine. Right. And so now you're, how did that all start? Yeah, no, it's-, it's And whose idea? It's brilliant. It's a good question. So yeah. uh, my, I've been lucky enough to be able to, to drink great wine and kind of go through the process and make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And how did that get started? Because we didn't really talk about that. Mistakes? Well, most no, of, no, most how you got started in, life. in the finest wine. So in, uh, in early 2000, um, I was looking around and seeing people buying and spending significant amount of money on wines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't drink wine at the time. I was a tequila and, and scotch drinker. Oh, okay. 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 That was my, that was my jam. And mm-hmm. um, even to the point of going to tequila, Mexico, I, I'm just a two feet in type guy. But anyways, people would spend a lot of money on wine. I didn't understand. I didn't drink it. And in, at the same time, people were buying really great homes on ski mountains or golf courses or on the ocean. And mm. I thought, what a great idea it would be to, instead of fractionalize this all over the world and, and focus on ski, ocean, et cetera, why not do this with wine? Mm-hmm. Why not buy vineyards from all over the world? You would get a home there and you would have a, a co-op, so to speak, where you'd own parts of the vineyard in Brunello or in Piedmont, Barolo uh, Vineyard, okay. or in Bordeaux, wherever it may be. Yeah, Napa, Sonoma. But what do you mean by part of it? Yeah. How does that work? I don't understand that. So you would buy real estate and mm-hmm. you would also own some of the vineyard. And so when the grapes came due, there'd be a winemaker there that would pull the grapes. And either you could keep the bottles yourself or you could literally uh, donate those grapes to a major bottling and they can sell the wine. Right. And so we went and we explored all over the world. But since I didn't drink wine, I figured the only way to figure this out would be to start trying wine. And instead of 2000, so you had that wine idea before you started drinking wine. Yes. Okay. It was all about money. money. And so So it was all about money. It was all about Ah. figuring out out a way to, you know, I don't own a mountain or a country club, but I can get access to wine. Right. So we brown bag. So you're ambitious about just wanting to make money and realizing I can do this with wine. I wanted to bring wine and real estate as a lifestyle together, Mm -hmm. which at that point in time, I didn't feel existed. I thought even wine, it was just, too confusing. Uh, I don't think a lot of people understood wine, it, nor do they now, potentially. I agree. And so it was a great it, way to do that. It's not a simple thing to get into. It's I mean, not. You can go to the grocery store and buy your favorite wine and, you know, find something you like. But, I mean, like mm-hmm. you say, th- th- there's so much to it. I, I've taken a couple classes, uh, more than a couple, but every time I go, I learn something completely that blows my mind. Every yeah. show that we do about wine with Richard or mm-hmm. Sam or... Whoever learned, the wine is, we learn so much. Yeah, and it's the, the challenge I'm is today. wherever the distributor is pushing the wine in a retail setting or a restaurant or what have you is what you're going to see on the shelf. Mm-hmm. 
And they're going to have every vintage, mm-hmm. and you shouldn't buy every vintage. They're going to have every varietal, mm-hmm. and maybe some of those varietals should not be purchased. Or maybe the winemaker is putting residual sugar to cover up flaws mm-hmm. in some wines that are very popular in Napa. And so that happens? It happens all oh, the time. All kinds of things happen in the world of wine. Even the wines that you've mentioned when we were Nefarious at lunch. Nefarious practices. <clears throat> and you can refine wines, which is fine. You can do egg whites. You can do... Wow. Uh, you can put some so My favorite one, is that, does that happen with... I'm not... Don't, don't say I'm it. I'm not I'm going to... That's a very popular that, yeah. wine. But many of the wines, they try to make a uniform uh, version every mm. vintage. We've talked about this before. Yeah, and it takes away from the yeah. uniqueness. Mm-hmm. Of well, I'm not the asking vintages. about Arizona so wines because I know you're, no, this wasn't I know you're not an expert this. on Arizona wines, but Maybe Richard commercial is. Commercial wines, as we've talked mm-hmm. about before, that are mm-hmm. well known. Yes. They make them so mm-hmm. that they taste exactly the same. They're very vintage. Yeah, yes. we've talked about. But I know you're want. not. I know yeah, he's yeah. not an Arizona wine expert, but you are, and. I love Arizona wines, and I feel like they do a great job. Well, and Arizona I, wines, for the most part. Hold on, I need you to okay. interrupt me. Okay. Because I've I've been at a couple of restaurants where you get a bartender that will say, Arizona wines are terrible, know, well, and they try to talk me out of drinking I, them. Well, I know better. That's just willful. Because ignorance. I love Arizona wines. I love, but I love wines from Europe. I love wines yeah. from France. I love wines from Italy. I love wines from California. I love wines from New Zealand and Australia and uh, all yeah, over. Yeah, me too. What so I'm, talking, I'm not, you know, I'm, yeah. I just love it all. But when somebody is has no experience with drinking a certain region of wine, like Arizona wines, and they say it's terrible wine, what do you think about that? I think it's willful ignorance. And Thank you. They're, well, they're welcome to that, but that, you know, that, but what the point I was making about Arizona wine, in in, in lieu of what we were talking about, mm-hmm. most I, Arizona, I think any any Arizona winery I know about does not engage in a lot of these shenanigans. With a lot of additives. And I know, that's why I brought it up. You know, they're yeah. really virgin well, they're, wines. They're, they're smaller, right? It's usually the mm-hmm. larger wineries mm-hmm. that, that have the money to have a lab to well, figure out all that stuff. When you have a million bottle production, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to, you're going to use technology mm-hmm. and additives to make those wines. Right. Okay, you know, I ate last good. night at Beckett's table with Owen. Hi, Owen. Mm-hmm. He's right there, our intern, my nephew. And, uh... I had Arizona wines last night. Mm-hmm. Sunday nights they have half off Arizona wines, and I have to tell you, they're exceptional, like incredible wines. Mm-hmm. And people that haven't t- tried them just have no idea. And then when you get somebody saying, "Oh, they're terrible! They're terrible! Don't try them," I have a problem with that. Well, you got to remember that, mm-hmm. just like I said in the beginning, and this is my problem with with many psalms, is they're only aware of an experience with the wines that the wine buyer or wine director or the restaurant or store buys. Mm-hmm. So they Bingo. might have only had, whether it's in Bordeaux or Arizona or wherever, uh, a finite sampling, and they might have had crappy Arizona wines. But there are many opportunities to, to be able to try Arizona wines or from anywhere in the world. And until you go yes. deep enough to understand what's good and bad, example, I would not buy a Cabernet from Arizona, but a Rhone varietal would be phenomenal mm-hmm. in yeah. Arizona. It's the climate. Yeah. They're trying not to try to force, you know, different varietals and they're they're getting there. Have the, you tried Sam Pillsbury's wines? Because I love his I've wines. tried a lot of Arizona wines. Mm-hmm. How about Sam Pillsbury's wines? They're I've, my favorite. I've tried Pillsbury wines. Yeah. Yep. They're exceptional. But you're right, it's the yeah. terroir here really doesn't necessarily um isn't it good for a cab 
franc or a cab or Sauve champagne. Or, you're not going to make right? or sparkling wine. But yeah, Tempranillo, you're right. Right. Albarino, some sure. of those hot weather grapes. They're going to it's going to be gonna amazing work. here, mm-hmm. and they are. Um, I think um, what is uh, oh, I can't, Grenache. Yeah. I've I've had some of the better Grenaches here. They do a great job. The, 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 Easy the, the drinking. Grenache you don't loves need the heat. That's so. Richard Betts. What what Sam Pilsner makes that red red wine? Red is it Red Diva or Wild Child Red? Wild the Wild Child, Child Red. The one that's named after you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what kind of grapes is that? Well, it's, it changes every year, it, but it's it's you know two, three, or four different grapes. Uh, the latest one that he has, the twenty, is just Syrah and Grenache. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's incredible. Which grow really well here. It's right. so Sarai, good. Our own bridles are do really. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you got to think about it from mm-hmm. an investment perspective outside of some a famous musician that's done it. It's just really getting off the ground. Bordeaux has been around for a thousand years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Bur- right? Burgundy for. This is new, relatively. Yes. Oh, and so figuring out what varietals work, getting yeah, the age still... of the vines, getting the wine, the right winemaker to be here mm-hmm. and spend the time. It's the same thing if you think about what they did in California when they started to go, whether it was off to Washington or in California to go more east versus on the west versus by the water. They're experimenting and they're doing a much better job of cultivating the dirt, figuring out what varietals, when when to pick, when to do. And so things are getting better and better. And right now, Rhone varietals do extremely well in Arizona. I love what you're saying because I have a best friend that is a naturopathic, um, doctor and she's also like she's so she's also a nutritionist and she loves the Arizona wines and wines from France and Italy mm-hmm. and New Zealand uh, Australia she won't drink California wines because she thinks that the soil is so contaminated I don't know if she's correct on that I don't know if she's out there but she I love you you can listen <laughs> to the show and I'll tell you I'm not saying your name but she thinks it's bad to drink California wines and she's like king it don't drink California wines. Only France, Italy, all these places I've said. Well, Europe's gone a version of organic for a while now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's more, and it was harder to do in the United States, but they've been a version mm-hmm. of organic for quite some time. And then they're going to sustainably organic, bio-organic, and, and all these other things about using copper uh, for sprays and sulfur versus chemicals, and then doing less sulfur sprays. They're all natural. It's all considered. But she organic. says it's all in terroir. She said that you're, it's all causing cancer. She's like, don't drink California wines. Well, first That's what of she all, tells me. in California or anywhere, mm-hmm. California, in, anywhere in the country to be certified organic, mm-hmm. it takes five years for the soil to become healthy before you can be certified organic. Mm-hmm. So if you buy a California wine that's certified organic, it's, it, it has been treated to make it healthy for five years. So Interesting. that okay. might be the exception. Okay. Okay. So good to know. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot more that goes. Then there's bioorganic. There's just, there's different levels. The challenge though. Bio. The European wines are pretty much, she says, organic. She says a New Zealand. Yeah. A version. The, the other piece is when you have vineyards that are very close together and the vineyard to the right is not, well, they're yeah. overspraying and yeah. it's going to get onto your soil. Yeah. So it's a lot more complicated yeah. than what we're describing. Uh, it's cut, yes. So it's not as cut and dry as, as Richard was. That'd be a good name of a wine, complicated. Well, and, and Europe and California have some of the tightest regulations around chemicals that there are. Yeah. So there's that as well. That it, it, it's uh, I'm, I'm sure the yeah. larger companies get away with a little bit more than the smaller guys. But most of the smaller guys that I've met are trying to grow, whether it's in Europe or here, are trying to grow 
in the most sustainable, healthy, you know, non-chemical way possible. They are. Yeah. It, the challenge is because Mother Nature wins 100% mm -hmm. of the time, you can't always be organic and then produce something. Mm -hmm. So if mm. you look at weather, because the global warming, everything's getting warmer. Mm -hmm. In general, that's going to be mildew. Well, mildew is natural, but it destroys your grapes. So the only way to combat that is you can do things pruning in the vineyard. You can try to have a fan that kind of cools everything off, or you can spray some things. But mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. sprays now, you spray and they blow off on the rain. So they're not actually getting into the leaves. So they're always trying to figure it out. But Mother Nature always wins. So even if you're organic, it doesn't mean you're bioorganic where you have that label, which means you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is you won't have wine. Well, you it's like I, I love, um, we talked about earlier, Domaine Druin. And uh -huh. I know that because of all the wildfires or the, whatever fires they had in California, maybe they weren't wild, um, Domaine Druin for 2020 didn't have any reds. They didn't, they didn't mm -hmm. produce any. Yeah, because yeah, right, they had the ash on their grapes. Mm -hmm. And, I, and yes. I know some people that produce some wines with the ash, and mm -hmm. some of them tasted great, and some of them did not. <laughs> so that, therefore, they're 2019. Luckily, you know, there was a big mm -hmm. purchase of the reds for 2019. After the 2020, they didn't have any reds. Right. And then they doubled the price on the 2019. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, anyway. the challenge is, mm -hmm. you know, the wine business is a business, right? Mm -hmm. it's, not a, it's not a charity. And so... I love that. It's a business, not a charity. Consumers mm. are going to be the ones holding the bag when uh, things that happen with Mother Nature, whether it's a fire or anything else, and then people sell the wines, and you're going to buy the wines. And because they taste good today, doesn't mean that's going to taste good a year from now when those chemicals settle. If you've ever opened up an older bottle of wine, oh, yes, I told you. So I've what you're going to have is that. any of those, and I, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but a super, super majority of restaurants and store are going to carry 2020 California and other wines. Mm -hmm. And my advice would be, why buy it? There's okay. other options. But that, that's else. important. I want our listeners, you know, we have listeners from all over the world, and I want them to know, okay, you're the wine expert, you're the wine expert, and you're saying, if there's a problem with 2020 wines, let's not do it. Nope. Let's not buy, do it. Buy not, if, you want, if you are loyal to a winery, buy a different vintage. Buy back vintage. Ask mm -hmm. them for library wines. Wait till they're 21 and buy double the amount so that they're taken care of. The There's lots of things that, you can do. That most people will buy the 2020 because that's what's on the shelf and they don't know the difference and they don't care. And they the restaurants the and retail. It's good, they're fine. But I'm not but, the average way below. Well, I'm not we're talking about. I want about the you. higher I'm echelon of the, the wine. Biz, the business of wine is what I'm talking about. They've we, got to sell the 2020s as well. Do we have another wine to try or are we done? Uh, we could always open one. Yeah, let's what? open one more. Wait. Don't ask Richard. We'll open one more. <laughs> we have another 10 minutes, I hope. Uh, 13. Yay! We've got 13 minutes. 13 minutes to drink. Let's go. Okay, Richard. Yes. So, where would you recommend somebody that's like trying to start a collection of wine for their wine cellar? Would you say go France, go Italy, go Australia, go New Zealand? I would say. And stay away from California? Or would you say, no, California is still okay? I would say be as, uh, you know, uh, just spread it out. Just, you know, have, have a be mix. as curious as, as, as possible and just try different things. One I, like of my, I mentioned this before. One of my like favorite that. sources of wine is, um, is mm -hmm. online. It's Psalm Select. 
Okay, start again. So what what is Psalm Select? Psalm Select is an online wine business run by master sommeliers. Mm -hmm. And they select wine. Let's start again because Owen's got this going. So Psalm Select is... Psalm Select is an online business. Mm -hmm. It's owned and run by master sommeliers. You can buy wines on there on a daily basis. You get a daily offering and you have an option of purchasing these wines. And some of them are older vintages. They're rare. Some of them are just... These guys have what we call access Mm -hmm. to so many wines all over the world. And they're bringing interesting things in that that you wouldn't ordinarily find. And what are the pricings of these wines? Well, you know, they can range anywhere from $20 to $500. Mm -hmm. So you put in your price range and then they... Yeah, there's different ways you can interact with them. But basically, you know, you you sign up, you, you put your email in, you get a daily offering. You know, mm. those wines might cost, it might be a great wine from the Canary Islands in Spain mm. that is small production, high quality. I mean, these guys get tons of wines, uh, you know, submitted to them to taste and they pick the best wines. What's the wine? I mean? And they import mm. certain wines that you can't get from anywhere else. So mm. it's a good, it's, this is a great resource, in my opinion. Okay. What's the New Zealand winery I want to go visit? Stony Ridge. And who's the owner? Steve White. Okay. His Are you sure that's the name? Yes, you put I some am. water in your glass. Yeah. Uh, we're going to switch right. to white. Okay. Thank you. So, uh, you know, short Ryan. of that, just go to a local, a good local wine shop like Atlas Wine. I love Atlas. Here. Or, or, uh, or, or. Um, With Todd. We love Todd. Yeah. Or uh, the other. Time? There's some great little wine shops here. The one down at Far Away Wines down on Indian School. Mm-hmm. Wine. I, or if I people think call. I, I took a class at Far Away Wines. Yeah. These guys. You know, these, these people that own that, they're industry okay, veterans. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Hidden Track Bottle Shop has oh, I two, love Hidden Track. They have great selections of interesting wines. These are not the wines you're going to go find in the supermarket. They're, th- these wines are... You know what? People you know, go spend a little bit more to help the local guy because if you're helping the local business, you are saving the planet. Don't, don't, yeah, don't buy your wines we at like Costco. We like that little um, place down the street here, uh, Rewind. We love it. That was a great little place, too. Oh, yeah? Have it was there? so great. Ah, a yes. of, we actually went there Friday night after the gig. Okay. <laughs> and it was a great fantastic. Time. Amazing. I have a different perspective on how to build a cellar, though. Please. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're a serious uh, collector, go. then there's a whole, that's what, a whole other thing. Hold on. What's this called? Look at it. Marisol. You know it. You know it. Marceau, but it's Boyer. Oh, my gosh. It's Boyer? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love Boyer. I'm obsessed with Boyer. Boyer, Boyer. So, you know, from from my perspective, mm. if you're building a cellar, mm-hmm. you should focus on wow, that's wow, the key uh, areas and mm-hmm. get the best wines from those areas at the price points you're comfortable. And what do you Hopefully. find the key areas to be? Uh, again, it depends what your preference is. I think the wine journey is valuable to understand where you're at and where you're going. The challenge with many psalms that um, are focused on the academic component of being a psalm rather than the practical. They're only drinking the wines that their restaurant or the psalm tests, et cetera, have Mm -hmm. them try rather than the practical experience that we all may have in the real world. Now, eventually, many psalms get there, but that's not always the case. So I'm more of the perspective of make sure you get some champagne. Mm-hmm. And make sure it's the right champagne. It doesn't have to be the most expensive. Oh, and what was your favorite? Uh, tell us again. Uh, Salos is my <gasps> favorite champagne. And Cedric Bouchard are the two my two favorite champagnes. And um, Salos is about, what, five or six hundred a bottle? It's not 
inexpensive, and Cedric Bouchard is made in a Burgundian style, and and mm-hmm. Salos is an oxidative style. So if you take something like Krug, Grand Cuvée that has some age on it, it would be more of that oxidative mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cedric Bouchard is more of a Burgundian style, very finite mousse or, or bubbles, and they're they're both exceptional. But get some uh, champagne. Where do we buy that? Cellar. Do we have to go to France to get it? Uh, it's hard to get. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the things that we do. Is so we have to, to call you, people. or how do we get it? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but it's what's your number? Yeah, it's, it's difficult to do, and um, and then make sure you have. You know, I, I know you prefer California Pinots. Get some California Pinots. Get some Burgundy. Get the Cote Noue Pinots that mm-hmm. we have. Get different villages. So you wait. Get, who prefers the California Pinots? It's, it's and it's really because it's the only Pinots I've really had. Yeah, I, I just like them, and they're so that's great. where I've that's where mm-hmm. I've stuck. And they're great because you're going to get more approachable wines. These are going to be tend in California uh, versus Burgundy. A little bit more acidity yeah. on the don't leave Burgundy. out Willamette Valley, Oregon. That's what well. I, I love whatever wine yeah. somebody's opening for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just, uh, <laughs> just make I don't get, hang with anybody mix. that doesn't. Open up a nice bottle. Yeah, no, it's fair. And just, but just make sure you get different Pinots from different locations, different Chardonnays. Even if you don't like white, you'll find that a Chassam Montresor or a Marceau are going to be different than the buttery wines that you don't like, where you go to a store and buy butter or Cambria, mm-hmm. or there's no judgment, or, you know, there's, yeah. there's Rumbauer Zinfandel that, um, or mm-hmm. Rumbauer Chardonnay that people buy a lot of. No judgment, but That's just about a buddy buttery as it gets. But you know they've changed their style, but yeah, and so mm-hmm. get a different style. So but I, mean, I love that wine because my father-in-law, that was so special to me, loved that wine. And every wine's about memories. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, me- it's is, about memories. There's an emotional component. Yes, yes. It is. Wine. It's just grape juice. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. At the end of the yeah, day, it it's is. grape yeah. juice it is. with alcohol. You're not buying a car. I said somebody, <laughs> somebody was freaking out about a bottle of wine, and, were, and I was like, "Hey, you're not buying a car. That's, Come on, I just think calm down." And if you don't like it. Yeah. Spill it out. Give it to somebody. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen. It's just alcohol. Anyway, yeah. so do that and get some, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Cabernets from Napa, Sonoma. Get Bordeaux. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. And then in, in North uh, West Italy, there's Piedmont, which is Barolo and Barbaresco. Mm-hmm. And then try. And then after you try, try again. And then eventually you'll figure out what you like and go I from there. I love that. Before it's going process. off. It's a process. It's an evolution. It you know? is. It is. It, yes. It's interesting. Thanks, I, it's Emily. a classic, you know, um, story where someone will start with a California Chardonnay. They'll start with a big a big Napa Cabernet and they'll really like it. And then, but, you know. My gateway the, wine but, was White Zinfandel. But then slow, well. I was run by that, Zinfandel. Listen, I was run by White Zinfandel. Zinfandel created more wine drinkers it in this did. country, it, you know. I'm back one of them. The, yeah. Wait, now, I put that White Zinfandel. White Zinfandel. Oh, Zinfandel. A lot of oh wine yeah. Because then they went, to, mm-hmm. but anyway, you'll find that it's interesting that someone will start with a big Napa cab and then a few years later, there'll be, you know, their palate changes and all of a sudden they'll discover something like Burgundy, which is so nuanced and different. Yeah, my and then, and once they do it, that, that, sure. that's, that's it. Well, right? that's why I love right? eating at restaurants totally. where yeah. I can say to somebody like, at, at they didn't Bistro. start with Pinot, they started mm-hmm. with a big wine, but their palate changed and developed so that, you know, they could yeah. appreciate these other wines. Well, like, I, I love eating at a restaurant where I can say to the restaurant owner or the psalm, surprise me. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm eating. Sure. Surprise me. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to do it because then you really experience a wine that you've never had before. For sure. And that's why I love Laura Bruno at mm-hmm. Elements because What's I can, Laura Bruno. <laughs> Laura Bruno, I love you. Anyway, so Laura Bruno will say to me, oh, what region do you want to have? And I said, I don't know. Maybe France or Italy. Maybe New Zealand, and she'll say, "Okay, let, let's do France or Italy." 
And then she'll come back and she'll have this amazing wine for me. Sure. And what I love also is you can give her a price point and she'll come back with something that's way, you know, it, it won't be like at your price point. It'll be like lesser. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot lesser. And I'm okay if they you know bring lesser or more. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. a, I'm an options yes. guy. Yes. So it's okay if yes. this is what I asked for and yes. you've got two suggestions more and less. Mm-hmm. Tell mm-hmm. me why I want to spend more because if you can tell me why. And it's compelling. Yes. I'll spend whatever you tell me to but yes. give me an option. Don't just give me something lower or add right. it. Do your job. And I think, you know, elements obviously is what you're talking no, about. No, so usually my first bottle, I usually have, I've never drank alone. I've got a big entourage with me. And so usually my first bottle will be, and then she'll say, oh, she'll come back with the, oh, this is like right at where you said. And they're both amazing. So what I'm trying to say is you can have a price point of 100 or 80 or 125 or 50. It could be 20 or it could be 5,000. It doesn't matter. It's and the same for it. each person. You got to figure it out. Good. And you have those yeah. Psalms. You have Jason. You have Wassam. You have John over at Monarch. Jason's at Wrigley. You have all these people that are experts at what they do. Maple and Ash, we love him. <laughs> Richard, what's his name? Daniel. Daniel. Weber. Daniel Weber. We love Daniel. Yep. Weber. So you have Jason, yeah. Daniel. You have all these people that can mm-hmm. do a tremendous job. And they're experts at what they do. And then we have you. And you That's have right. us. We yes. have you. We and have you. and hello. We have Ryan and, and hello. But one, let yeah, me, let like, me mm. reiterate and, and make a point that Please do. at Anello, the wine and program. Anello or Anello? Anello, whatever. All the above. Can oh, we say the, the H-A-N-H-E-L-O? It's Spanish. You don't call it late for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the program that Ryan has created there Two is unique. In that you can get wines by the glass that you never see. Number one, you get well, you can get a, wines by the deal. glass. That is a big deal that you'll never okay. see anywhere else by the glass. So you get to try things that yes. you may never, never have an, appor- yeah. uh, an opportunity to try in your so life. So my first experience with Ryan and the wine dinners that they have there, he's right. off the charts. I mean, really incredible. Yeah. So my so first, my I had this is unique. I had to take somebody to dinner. Thank you. I'm not saying his name. I had to do a thank you dinner, a birthday dinner, and I'm like, oh my god, what can you give this person? That has everything, food you know, and wine. Exactly, <laughs> really and so, good ones. And I, I was, I was hiking with Richard, and he's like, "We'll take him to dinner at Anello." Anello, Anello, whatever. A N H E L O. I can't say it. A N H E L O. And Ryan let us in. That was the best birthday dinner ever. Thank you. He was so thankful, and we did. We opted for the more expensive version, where you just came and surprised us. Yeah. You're talking wow. about the wine pairing for yes. seven yeah. courses. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they're like this wine, even if you're a burgundy guy mm-hmm. or girl that, or pronoun. Yes. This is probably one of the best and mm-hmm. it's an incredible price point. So you get lots yes. of options and they're only the best wines in every category. I like well, this has been yeah. amazing. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah. Saving the planet. Uh, one one, one time. Time. Richard, time. thank you so much. Uh, in the green room. Green, deep Chetty music. Yes, yes it's, it's more, more fun. fun. And as my wife always tells me, Drink the good wine first. And in Halo, <laughs> how do we find in Halo? Uh, downtown. Go to Suns Games Cross from Orthium. Okay, there we go. Love it. Yep. And how do people get a hold of you? They want to buy some wine. Website. Anhalo, Anhalo. Restaurant. Go okay, there. Perfect. All right. That's Done. it.